Wild Cherry Diet Pepsi. And uh, I got my blackjack gum here. And I got that feeling something rank is going down out there. Now, funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Tell me, sir. God damn it. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers gotta hug. Come out to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? I'm so wasted. Anybody move, I'll blow your fucking head off. And the medical doctor says, oh my god. I'm your huckleberry. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Well, then, this calls for the old Billy Barule. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Come on now. Nothing's got to be over. No, no, no. What is going on, everybody? Hope everybody is okay. Yes, I am also okay. Um, <laughs> had a few little issues uh, going on. I know Wednesday night, if everybody was listening, I uh, had stomach issues going on. And um, they continued over to... Thursday and into Friday, and um, I decided, and my wife was really getting worried, and uh, my parents were getting worried, but I decided to go ahead and go to the hospital. Everybody was telling me I should, so I decided to go ahead, and for once, I decided to listen to people, and I went to the hospital. Um I was uh, negative for COVID, negative for anything bad. They said there's some pretty strange stomach flus going around. Uh, that could be what's going on. I don't know. But um, they said there's some stomach flus going around. They said I could have eaten. I, I told them where it started when I thought I ate something bad. They said that 100% could have happened, and sometimes that will cause just like a stomach flu anyway. So it... Um, that's why I might redo that a little bit. Let me check this. Let me go here. That's going to help out a little bit. I hope I'm not too loud now. I'll actually drop my volume down a little bit, turn my gain down a little bit. That should help out a little more. Um, but, uh, yeah, I am uh, I'm all right. I'm still a little nauseous. But, uh, man, I just uh, I totally meant to do this last night, but um, I was poked. I was prodded. I didn't get back here until after 8 o'clock. And uh, it was pretty, I was pretty tired. It was pretty late. Um, so they did a CAT scan and everything of my abdomen and everything. So I'm all right. Nothing, my, my appendix is fine. All the uh, organs that could be bleeding inside of me are fine. So I 
I took another COVID test today because my rapid test, she said, well, I think it's a false negative because you probably had it. You have some inflammation in your lungs, according to your CAT scan. So my CAT scan did show some inflammation in my lungs, which means I've probably had COVID a while back and I'm still having a little bit of inflammation in my lungs. I got to tell you, I think I had it back in um, January of 2020. There was a respiratory thing going through work. No one knew what it was. It was just kind of going through. And uh, that's right around when it, when it started. So I don't know if I would still have inflammation. I don't know. I don't know. But um, I'm all right. Thank you to everyone who, uh, who checked in on me. And um, I'm fine. Negative again for COVID. My wife actually got the test about an hour ago for me. She just got the test right now before the show for her. She's negative. Both my kids are negative. So... Whole family tested negative today, so we went through having uh, little straws stuck up our nose for nothing, but <laughs> it was better safe than sorry, especially when the hospital was telling me that uh, possibly it's, she thought it, that when the doctor tells you she thinks it's a false negative, then you tend to worry a little bit, which I did, and um I'm just glad to know everything's good. I'm negative for COVID, which was one of the things. But I got to tell you, these hospitals, man, you go in, that's all they care about. They, once they know, excuse me, once they know they're not admitting you, it's like, no, don't, don't even bother. Just, you're out of here. As soon as they knew they weren't admitting me, they didn't want to check me for anything else. I was, I'm still, I told them I was still having pains. I was still nauseous. They went, all right, just take a Z-Pack. So I got a Z-Pack. So hopefully that'll knock a few things out of me. Um, it ain't doing shit for the body pain, of course. But um, I don't know what's going on with that. I am, my whole, my joints are, I don't know. I think I might have arthritis, but who knows? I don't know if I'm old enough for that, but I don't know. Maybe I'm not young enough for that. I don't even know anymore. I just, um. I just know I'm going to be fine. I'll live either way, but um, I'm excited about this one. I am going to be talking John Candy. Um, I, me personally, I'm a huge John Candy fan. I re I've always been a John Candy fan uh, since I've been a kid. I've always liked this guy. He just had a likable, kind of just a likable uh, aura, I guess you could say, about him. And... Um, Always been a fan of John Candy, so definitely uh, I'm, I'm excited about doing this, but um, really glad to be doing this one. I mean, we, we uh, you know, I believe it was uh, March 4th, 1994 is when we lost John Candy very early um, in his career. He was actually pretty, uh, you know, still pretty young. He actually lost his dad very young, which I'll get into in a little while here, but um, I'm going to talk a little bit of John Candy. I'm going to tell you some stories that um, is on a uh, Ranker article, um, about 10 little uh, things that some of his co-stars said about him. I'm going to talk some of my favorite John Candy movies. I'll play some clips in between this and, um, you know, to give myself a little talking break and, you know, keep the show rolling here. And uh, that's about it, though. So I'm going to be jumping on, like I said, uh, right now. Let's, uh, I guess we can go ahead and, uh, let me move this chair over and up a little bit. Uh, got my, got a little bit of the bubbly. And by that, I unfortunately mean seltzer water. Unfortunately, seltzer water, regular water. And that's pretty much all I got. A little joint over there. I'll be all right though. 
So a little uh, little seltzer water here. Oh yeah, good stuff, good stuff. But um, like I said, um, I'll kind of start a little bit with his early stuff. I got to tell you, I really the first movie I remember seeing. Let me uh, hold on. Let me go to the movies here because I want to be accurate, and I'm uh, I'm pretty sure. The first movie I saw him in was was uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, but it could have been Splash. Uh, let me see here, because I'm I wasn't allowed to watch Blues Brothers, and I wasn't allowed to watch Stripes. But um, Vacation, I wasn't really allowed to watch it. But I my parents kind of let me watch that you know that movie anyway. It was only one little scene, and they would send me in the kitchen or something. Um, but uh, John Candy had a small part, obviously, in that movie. That was the first movie I remember seeing John Candy in. But then I remembered him from Splash and so many more after that. Um, and I'm sure you guys have movies you remember from, obviously, you know, Home Alone. I'll, uh, I'll fast forward up to that part. I don't I, I was going to go through the movies and, you know, put like bookmarks and this and that, but I'll just fast forward through a little bit and play some of the clips and um, we'll go ahead and go from there. That'll be a little a kind of a better way, I think, to do it. And I'll just play a few clips and we'll talk. Uh, I'll talk about them. And uh, that's about it. So, all right, I'll get into uh, like I said, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on his early life, but, uh, you know, we can go ahead and do a little bit. We'll spend a little bit of time on it. Um, I do want to pull up something here. Not that right there. I want to go ahead and do this and uh, pull this up here and right there. Okay, so let's go ahead and do this real quick. Once again, not going to spend a ton of time on this, but I do want to get into it. He was born August, or I'm sorry, October 31st, Halloween, 1950 in Newmarket, Ontario. That's right. He was a Canadian and um, very loved in Canada over there, obviously, um, kind of where his career started. We'll get into that in just a second here. Uh, again, his father did die very young. His father was only 35, died of heart disease, had some complications, and uh, John was only five years old at the time. So, you know, went ahead, did that, and, um, you know, like I said, he wasn't exactly very very old when he died either, you know, 1994 or so. Only went to 44 years old, so not uh, not very old either. Uh, outlived his dad, though. That's that's uh, that's good right there. So um, he wanted to become a football player when he was in college. He did go to school in uh, high school in uh, Toronto. Wanted to become a football player, uh, but found acting and a um, had a knee injury anyway. So found acting while he he was injured. And then um, went ahead and started acting while he was in college. And in 1971, that was his first little small part. And it wasn't in a movie. It was in a play about cerebral palsy in the inaugural season of the Tarragon Theater in Toronto. And uh, he was a part of that. That was kind of the start where he started. He guest starred on a little Canadian children's television series called Cucumber. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And he made a small uncredited appearance in uh, Class of 44, which uh, was a 1973 movie I've never 
scene. So nothing I can tell you about that one. Had a small part in the ABC afternoon play break called The Last Bride of Salem. I believe those were the kind of after school special shows. Uh, I'm not sure if this was a special one that he was in. I don't really remember it, but it was 1974 and 75. It's probably why I don't remember it. Um, I was born that year. Uh, and in 1975, the year I was born, he, the year I was born, he played Richie, an accused killer, in the episode Web of Guilt, which was a Canadian television show. Uh, he was a um, he was also a uh, police surgeon that he played in another television show, um, and he was in something called It Seemed Like a Good Idea at the Time, 1975, shot in Canada, uh, and then he <clears throat> was on another children's sitcom coming up Rosie and that was with Dan Aykroyd so that was one of the first times we would see him and Dan Aykroyd um working together uh obviously they work together in the great outdoors definitely we'll 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 get into that one uh Candy had a small role in a movie called uh, Tunnel Vision in 76 uh, also in 76 he had a small role with Rick Moranis, which he would go back into very soon in in uh, SCTV and work with, and um, on a show called 90 Minutes Live. Uh, and he also uh, did a few smaller things after that, but let's just go right into Second City, because this is kind of where he got his... I guess, Pretty much his fame is, is, is when he got into Second City. Um... It was NBC that picked up this show in 1981. Now, this show was a Canadian television show, uh, kind of like uh, Kids in the Hall. I don't know if anybody, if you guys know Kids in the Hall, but great little TV show out of Canada. Um, funny as hell. They have a great movie out. But he was in that. He did SCTV, and that was with, let's see here, We had he was with a ton of people that he had worked with later on down the line. Joe Flaherty, who, if you've ever seen Billy Madison, he's the guy calling him a jackass. Jackass! That's him. That's him right there. Uh, Eugene Levy, he was in Splash with Eugene Levy. And uh, Eugene Levy is also uh, the dad from uh, American Pie, one of the dads there. Um, Dave Thomas, not that one. No, 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 not that one. Yeah, Dave Thomas, the, the comic, yeah. Obviously, John Candy. Catherine O'Hara was on that show. Tony Rosado. Uh, Harold Ramis, Ghostbusters, obviously no longer with us. Rick Moranis, like I had said, was on that show. And many, many others that he would go to on to work with in the future. But uh, that this was pretty much one of the biggest shows for the guy. Because it really kind of... NBC ended up picking up this show in 1981. Uh, it became a fan favorite. Emmy Awards for the show's writing both in 1981 and 1982. And this gave a few characters that uh, John Candy had worked on. Um, Johnny LaRue, 3D Horror, uh, Dr. Tongue. And he just had a lot of characters on this show that came through. I got to tell you, I don't remember this show, but I do remember my parents talking about it and watching it. So... I guess they know more about the show than I do. But um, he did some small films while he was in the show. None of I had ever heard of, but that was, uh, you know, nothing. But 
He then went on to, he kind of returned to Canada. He took a little break in 1979. And then he did find a way to star in... um, one movie with, um, oh, wait a minute. 1979, he took a short hiatus. That's what I had already said. And then he appeared in a minor role, Lost and Found, and playing a army soldier in Steven Spielberg's big budget comedy, 1941. I don't remember that one either. But um, basically, after that, he goes back to Canada. He gets a couple more small roles. And then in 1980, he hosted a TV show for NBC. And it didn't do well. It was called Roadshow. It was kind of him going as him. And what he would do is he would go to, like, colleges and go to, like, their parties and just interview the guys. It went, like, two episodes. But since NBC had him, and he was still remembered from SCTV, what happened is he started getting roles in some other movies. He landed a small role in Blues Brothers also in 1980. wasn't a huge role, but he was the cop. I don't know if anybody remembers this, but uh, he played a police officer in this movie. Um, Matter of fact, I will go ahead. uh, He played... Uh, here we go, right here, not this, not this, not this, Blues Brothers, there it is, there it is, there it is, and his name is Trooper LaFong, so here we go, let's go ahead and play a little bit of it, let me turn this up just a little bit here, and here we go. This gentleman is the elegant abode of one Elwood Blues. Thanks for your help, Mr. Mercer. You know, I kind of like the Wrigley Field bit. Yeah, real cute. And then, of course, the other best scene is when um, it'll get played later. I have a little tribute that uh, will be played a little bit down the road and it'll get played. But the orange whip where they're at the, you know, right there. This was more the end of the movie right here. But a little bit before this one, they're kind of as they're singing, he comes up and they're sitting down and he finally gets him. And he's looking down on from the balcony when they're singing. And he's uh, he's he's asking the guys if they want orange whips and. uh Nice little drink, so he'll check. He'll that'll get played a little bit later down the road. But um, there was that scene right there. Um, then he went on from there. Yeah, this is not going to be a long show. I'll be honest with you, just so everybody knows. I'm still, like I said, not feeling great, but I wanted to do this, um, and uh, I'll go from there. From then, from 1980, the next year. We got Stripes. Yeah, definitely Stripes was a great friggin' movie. Actually, me and Anthony went through and um, reviewed that one over on, uh, you know, you can go over to Shout Engine, grab that right there, just Hollywood Hangout slash or Shout Engine slash Hollywood Hangout. But uh, Stripes, that's another one. I'll go ahead and uh, we can go through. Like I said, I'm going to play some of these clips as we go through some of these movies. And um, let me get a few clips ready here. I'm just going to fast forward through, try to find some good clips here of these movies that aren't being played in my little tribute later. But um, definitely got some good ones for John Candy coming up here, and we'll uh, we'll go ahead and get those played here. So I'm looking for the one 
Right here we go. Hold on. I'm right here. Hold on. Let me get this volume going for everybody, and here we go. My name's Dewey Oxberger. My friends call me Ox. You might have noticed I've uh, got a slight weight problem. No. Yeah, I do. No. Yeah, yeah, I do. I went to this doctor, and well, he told me I, I swallowed a lot of aggression, along with a lot of pizzas. <laughs> pizzas. <laughs> I'm basically a shy person. I'm a shy guy, and uh, he suggested taking one of these uh, aggression training courses, you know, these aggressive training courses like AST, those type of things. Anyway, it cost 400 bucks. 400 bucks to join this thing. Well, I, I didn't have the money. And I thought to myself, join the army. It's free. So I figured, while I'm here, I'll lose a few pounds. And you got, what, a six to eight week training program here? A real tough one? Which is perfect for me. I'm gonna walk out of here a lean, mean, fighting machine. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. Zitsky. All right, so there you go. John Candy, just great. Um, he's with Harold Ramis here. Obviously, Bill Murray was in this movie. Um, such, such a good movie. And he, John Candy's just, I mean, he played some really great characters over the years. But, I mean, he started off as kind of just this ox, this big oaf. And that was kind of the character he kept playing over and over and over and over again. But um, eventually, we ended up getting the John Candy we all, you know, kind of the the caring, the more dad, dad-like John Candy is what we ended up getting. Um, but uh, I'm going to play one more clip from this movie from him. I'm just waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. Hold on. It's right here. All right. This is when he's about to. Uh, he wants to dance. He, wa he wants to get in the ring with the girls, and he's willing to give up all the money to do it. And here we go. Oh. And he does, and they beat the crap out of him. He beats the crap out of them, and then the military police come in. Now, I'm going to go ahead and admit I am not doing, uh, I'm more going to, John Candy did, let me, let me just go through here. John Candy was in a lot of movies, 65 movies. Now, it kind of feels like he was in more, um, but believe it or not, he was uncredited in a ton of these. Let me just 
you know what? Let me go through and tell you just what he did that he was uncredited in. Then you might be surprised. Un, hold on. I'm just going to type in that word, uncredited. Uh, let's see. Rookie of the Year. If you guys remember that 1993 movie, he was the announcer in that movie and remained uncredited. Didn't even bother. Um, Career Opportunities was a John Hughes movie. He had a very quick role, uncredited. Didn't even bother. Uh, She's Having a Baby. He actually played Chet from the movie Great Outdoors. This was uh, actually the same year, but The Great Outdoors came out after this. That was the same year that The Great Outdoors came out, 1988. So uncredited in that movie as Chet. And let's go to the next one here. Um, There was a video short of the Ray Parker Jr. Ghostbusters. He popped up in that. Obviously, just, again, the friend of Harold Ramos there. And let's see, one more uncredited role. Back in 1981, he was on Saturday Night Live. Did something really quick as uh, Juan Govino. (laughs) I don't even know what the hell that was. But, you know, he had many other roles um, in movies, um, you know, that I'm, I just, some I haven't seen, some just aren't, really I don't have any clips for, or don't know any clips for, just because I don't know them enough. But, I mean, you know, there's Going Berserk, another great movie. Um, some movies that I, I'm i not going to mention, I'll tell you the, those right now, Going Berserk, The Last Polka, Follow That Bird, um, not going to mention that one. Uh, let's see here. Speed Zone, uh, Rocket Boy was a TV movie. Masters of Menace he did in 1990. Um, again, I kind of want to go through more of the, just kind of the evolution of how he went from the fun ox kind of character to the loving fatherly character that we all got to kind of love before he, you know, before he passed away. Um, he was in Only the Lonely, another Another John Hughes. Delirious was another one I'm not going to really mention. Haven't seen that one. Uh, Cool Runnings. I haven't seen it, and I'm sorry. I feel bad for that one. But uh, I have not actually seen Cool Runnings. I do have it, but I have not seen it. So I will definitely, though, be checking it out. Like I said, I do have that movie, so I'll check out Cool Runnings. Hostage for a Day, I've never seen, and I... uh, I got to tell you, never seen Canadian Bacon or Wagons East, but I will talk a little bit about Wagons East just because, um, but uh, just because that's one of the movies that's in that article about John Candy that we'll be talking about. But again, just the kind of guy he was, just a lot of uncredited stuff. Now, I'll play the part in a little while from Home Alone. Almost every part he did was completely unscripted from that whole thing almost everything he did. So let's get back to some of the movies that we were uh, we were getting into here. That was the last scene I was going to play there from Stripes. Uh, hey, Michael Smith stopping by. What's going on there, man? Appreciate it. I know you were, you were dying for the show to come back. Here it is, sir. Here it is. One day late this week, but not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. Um, that was the last one, again, from Stripes. So we can go ahead and take that one out of the queue, if you will. So that one's out of there. Uh, let's go ahead and see from there. Uh, after Stripes, we're going to go ahead and roll right into Heavy Metal. Now, I don't have any clips from this, to be honest with you. He was one of the voices, though, 
in heavy metal. This was a pretty pretty strange movie. The fact that for a while there you couldn't get it, then suddenly you could. There was some some big controversy with this movie. Um, but this movie is a great movie. And again, you got John Candy. Uh, we got Joe Flaherty once again as a voice, but John Candy was a desk sergeant in this movie. Um, I think he had a few more in this movie. I, in this movie, I think he did a few more roles. Um, but, uh, ah, stick around as long as you can, Michael. I appreciate you coming on in and saying hi. Uh, Eugene Levy was also a voice in this movie, another SCTV guy. And again, he went on to work with so many guys from SCTV along the, the years, but heavy metal was kind of, I don't know if you've ever seen it, a cartoon. So that's why he was a voice, but it's a pretty cool movie. You can get it anywhere now. Um, it was on Netflix. Might still be. Might not be. Who knows? Then we go to National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh, the Vacation series. The National Lampoon series. We've actually done a National Lampoon's. We did Animal House, Man, Anthony, back in the day. What a movie that was. But uh, I do have some. I'm going to go ahead and get the um, National Lampoon's Vacation loaded up here. And he was a very, very small role in this movie. He played the security guard once they finally got to Wally World. After all the, again, after all the trials and tribulations this whole family went through. They, I mean, grandma dying and everything. Or I'm sorry, Aunt, Aunt Edna, I believe it was. But here we go. They go through, and remember, Clark goes in and at one point goes and buys a BB gun. So here they go. They're going back in, and here we go. Sorry, folks. Park's closed. The moose out front should have told you. Yes, uh, we're here to see Mr. Roy Wally. What is your name, sir? Clark W. Griswold. What's this regarding, Mr. Grizzle? Ah, uh, we're here for public amusement relations. Or is this a summer inspection for a personal matter? Ah, inspection. Well, nobody, uh, nobody notified this office of, um, of anything. Well, uh, I'm notifying you. I'm afraid I'm going to need a little more than that, sir. Okie dokie. How's this? Clark, have you lost your mind? Where did you get that? Sporty good store, honey. Now you listen to me, fat ass. You do what I say and it won't be any problem, okay? Okay. We just drove 2,460 miles just for a little Roy Wally entertainment. The moose says you're closed, I say you're open. We're not really violent people. This is our first gun. No, it isn't. What's going on here? All right, so there you go. Uh, again, this was a very small role for him. His roles grew over the years, as we will definitely see, he definitely was a lead man after pretty much after the, uh, you know what? After splash is where he started becoming really, really the lead man. Cause splash was a giant, giant film for him. Now, one of the things that obviously was a problem for him was his weight. Uh, we all know he was always the bigger guy. Um, at some points we would see him. He was a little thinner, but at some points we would see him, he was obviously extremely heavy, uh, over 300 pounds at points. Um, there were, like I said, there were a few movies he had lost some weight. In the earlier movies, he wasn't 
really that heavy. But as the years kept going, we did keep seeing him. And obviously, you know, he had his own issues. Um, it's He was a casual cocaine user. He was he drank a lot. Um, he, obviously, you know, kind of stressed himself out about his own career. And uh, you know what? Let me pull this up really quickly in the John Candy file here. I had on YouTube, there is a... Give me a second. I'm going to turn the volume down just in case this pops up. On YouTube, there is a documentary called, which you can, everyone can go ahead and watch for free. I'll actually post it. I'll put it in the description here so you guys can check that out if you want to. Let me skip the ads here, but the beginning kind of tells pretty much a, a dark story, a darker story to the loving character. I really didn't want to get into the darker story. I will play this little clip. Um, I don't really want to get into it because I want to kind of use this more as more of a tribute uh, to John Candy, but it's also worth it to mention. He did have his demons and we all do. So let's go ahead and uh, play this clip real quick. This is again, John Candy, King of Hollywood comedy. Uh, again, it was a, I believe this was on the biography channel. It's actually from yes, biography. So you can check this out here, right? It's the full documentary on YouTube for free. Just uh, once again, John Candy, King of Hollywood Comedy. Here's the first, just the first few seconds. And here we go. Candy. The bear hug of comedy. No one funnier. He was someone that people didn't idolize as much as they'd identify with. He loved being funny and he loved acting. Those characters are bigger than life. The guy attracted fans like a moth to a light. One of the problems that comes along with fame is you've got to sustain it. He was way overweight. Everybody has their demons that they got to face. Deep down, he felt he was living on borrowed time. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, we're all living on borrowed time. But, um, you know, he was obviously overweight. You know, it was something that we all saw. But we definitely, I, I don't know about you guys, but I am... Happy we got the years we did with him. Happy we got the movies we got with him. And the fact that his character grew to be what his character is. Like I said, that that loving, fatherly, even if it's the screw-up uncle, you know, that we saw in uh, Uncle Buck, he did, he turned out to be the a great father figure in that movie. And that's kind of the, the, the role he kind of took over and became kind of known for in my eyes at least I kind of always uh kind of saw, saw him in those roles a lot more more than just the you know goofy funny guy I preferred him in more of the still funny but also like the John Hughes movies because most of the John Hughes movies had comedy with a meaning to it so but uh pretty much I mean that's the main scene oh you know what there is one more we can go ahead and play when he finds out that the gun is fake. So let's go ahead and roll to that scene. We move up a little bit here for everybody. Move up here. He was on the Screamy Mimi. I believe that's at Cedar Rapids. Or Cedar... Uh, oh, not Cedar Rapids. Cedar Falls. I can't remember the name of it. Smart knew the name of it when I was talking to him. Okay, let's go ahead and play this clip real quick. Unmute and hit it. That's not a real gun, is it, Clark? 
What, are you kidding? This is a Magnum P.I. It's a BB gun. Don't try me. I could put an eye out with this thing. You couldn't even break the skin with that thing. Oh, it could. It could. It could break the skin. It could put lodge under the skin and cause a very bad infection. That's an old wise tale, Clark. I'm telling you. That's not... You're not going... <laughs> and he oh, shot I... him in the ass. You see, I told you. I you... warned you. You right. It, 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 it broke the skin. It, it was right. It broke the skin. He was 100% right. He, he wasn't bullshitting. So, there. Oh, God. That, that That's a great movie. If you, I don't know how you've never seen it at this point. But uh, if you've never seen that movie, Vacation, National Lampoons, watch them all. Uh, European Vacation, Christmas Vacation. Obviously, they started trying to remake them and... You just can't remake the comedies anymore, <laughs> and uh, I'm not gonna start getting into why nobody wants me on a on that soapbox. So I'll just stay off the goddamn thing. Uh, all right, so here we go. I'm gonna move on to Splash once again. This was kind of the movie that gave him a lot more credit. Um, I'm not sure why to be honest with you, and no one can really explain it. I kind of dug into that a little bit as I was going through, and there really wasn't a lot of of detail why that movie really just pushed him into fame, but it did. He did not play a huge role in this movie, uh, but he did play a decent role in this movie. He was uh, Freddy. With Tom Hanks, this was a movie with Tom Hanks, another great movie, and Daryl Hannah. Um, awesome, awesome little movie here. I'm going to move up a little bit. Literally, it was about a mermaid. Tom Hanks falls off of a boat when he's a kid. He sees a mermaid, not sure about it, but in, eventually the mermaid comes to life. True love, blah, blah, blah. Tom Hanks is in this movie, but uh, John Candy plays his brother, Freddie, Freddie Bauer. And once again, Eugene Levy in this movie. We get uh, a lot of good stuff here, though, from John Candy, because John Candy in this movie kind of plays like a pervy guy, like the kind of guy that writes letters back in, I mean, you know, this was, uh, when was this? It was this 19, uh, 1984. 1984 this was. So back in 1984, people wrote letters to Hustler and all kinds of magazines back in those days. Not me, but people, some people, certain people, strange people, people like this guy. I'll give you a hint right here. What kind of guy does that? Give me one second here. He comes pulling up in a, they, uh, they own a fruit, uh, fruit place and his brother, Freddie comes pulling up in a, I think it's a I rock. Here we go. Let's go ahead and play this. Let me unmute. Here we go. Okay, he had two pair. I had a flush. He had no cash. So, uh, we worked this out. Firebird, sorry. Who put this goddamn fruit here? There he is. I'm all right if anyone's concerned. Good morning, Freddy. Alan! Alan! Bauer, I want a simple yes or One more second, Mr. McCullough. I'm in Penthouse Magazine! They printed my letter! They printed my letter. Oh, listen, I'm very, very happy. I'm in the forum, sir. The story's entitled A Lesbian No More. They printed every word I wrote. It's a beautiful story. Here, I want copies of this for everybody. Hoggy! Hey! Good to see you! 
great game the other night. We gotta do that more Freddy, often, you know? This guy's a great there, poker please. player. Come on. Cheap's like a son of a bitch. Freddie, you and I have to talk. What is it, missing petty cash? It's the cleaning girl. No, I don't care about that. You don't? No. And it was me. I bet the whole thing. Well, I still don't care about it, Freddie. I love this guy! Do you hear me? I love him! Give me a kiss. Oh, Freddie. Give your older brother a kiss. No. What's the matter? Are you too big? Freddy. Give me your... I love this guy's head. Hey, Curly. Here's a buck. Go watch my car. Ow! <laughs> so there you go. He plays this pervy... <laughs> yes, penthouse forum, as Michael Smith is saying. He plays this pervy penthouse forum kind of writing guy. But just, he's he ends up being the lovable character in the movie, of course, because he's John fucking Candy, and that's just what happens in, with John Candy in these movies. Um, so, it's it, but again, a, a great movie. I'm searching through and killing a little bit of time until I find a few more John Candy lines in here. Um, but, uh, takes a little while now through the movie he tries to talk his tom hanks out of you know taking this crazy girl he doesn't even know home but i don't know i gotta i think i would take her home here we go and play a little bit of the racquetball scene here where uh he's smoking in the racquetball court <laughs> i mean that's again this was 1984 you could you could do things in 1984 you could smoke in racquetball courts no one gave a shit you could smoke in gyms you smoked everywhere Airports, bars, everywhere. Why do we want to go to a political dinner? Because the president will be speaking. President of what? President of the Three Stooges Fan Club. The president of the United States. Wow. I tell you, we'll be rubbing elbows with the big boys. You think big, you be big. I guess so. Listen, um, would you mind if I took Madison to this thing instead of going with you? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? Something in here not working? Oh, I'll never fall in love, Freddy. I can't. It won't work with me. Who said anything about me being in love? You haven't been to work in two days. So? Admit it. No. Admit it. No. I go! Yeah! Admit it. No! All right, we, there you go. Just out there having a good time. And, you know, he's just, again, he's just a, it doesn't matter how pervy he was, lovable goddamn character. Just a lovable, lovable character, as always. There's one more great part in this movie when they finally do all this. She gets exposed for being a mermaid and blah, blah, blah. And they go and break her out. And they pretend to be these Swedish scientists. And he says it in Swedish. And I'll translate as it goes. But Eugene Levy ends up bringing these guys back and trying to get them in. And again, they're supposed to be these Swedish scientists. Let me uh, yeah, let me go back a little bit because I'm actually at the wrong scene here. I'm a little bit behind. I'm a little bit forward, actually. Let me back up just a bit here, right about... Here we go. Ben Johansson from the Stockholm Institute. I thought they were coming in later with Dr. Ross. Oh, no, no, no. No, that story was just to fool the press. Oh. <laughs> hey, um, you know, I'm half Swedish. Hey, who are they sound about it, he tells. He said, hi, how was your trip, Ben? Yeah. 
Ja. 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 He says, what are two Swedish scientists doing so far from Sweden? They're both looking dumbfounded. Hey, Roaring. And that was John Candy saying, hey, babe, I've got a 12-inch penis. And... <laughs> <laughs> and the guy just lets him through. Here, I'll, we'll play this. <laughs> How the hell did you do that? Well, let me tell you something. Many of your finer nudie films come from Sweden. Well, after you see them four or five hundred times, the stuff starts to sink in. See? There you go. See, sometimes porn can be educational, especially when you're going to break out a uh, mermaid from the government facility they were going to. So there you go. That's pretty much everything from Splash. Again, going through some of my favorites of John Candy. Um, now, this is one I saw as a kid. Don't have any clips from it. Don't really need to play any. But Brewster's Millions, he did with Richard Pryor. Uh, I remember seeing this as a kid. I do. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but I remember watching this with my mom and dad as a kid. Really good movie. I mean, a great, great movie. Um, wish I could tell you more about it. I just don't remember it. I know uh, Jerry Orbach was in this movie also. Um, it was in the original Law and Order. But um, did want to at least mention it. Now, we are going to get to one of my absolute favorites. Now, I pretty much watch a John Candy movie every weekend. My wife can attest to this, and she gets annoyed by it. One of my go-tos is Summer Rental. Uh, Summer Rental is definitely one of my go-to movies of his. Pretty much one of the first movies we got to see him really take a lead, be the father in the movie, and just, I mean, in my opinion, this is one of his best movies. Um, well, this and The Great Outdoors, in my opinion, two of his best movies. Um, we'll get into a few more, of course. Uh, Plane Trades and Automobiles, definitely up there. That's another one me and Anthony have reviewed. Um, but yeah, this was another film that he was in. Uh, this was him. And uh, <laughs> this was uh, John Candy was in the, uh, obviously in this movie. Joey Lawrence, a young, was this the one Joey Lawrence was in? The, yes, this was the young Joey Lawrence was in this movie. John Larroquette was in this movie. Um, and it was just a really, really good movie. He was, uh, Karen Austin in this movie was his wife. But there was, my God, even, he was a, a air flight controller. And kind of cracked up a little bit. He was forced to take his family on vacation. And he does. To be honest with you, I'm looking through this movie. I'm not even sure. Oh, I got a great one to play. They finally go out to eat. They go to a restaurant. They've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And Richard Crenna um, is in this movie. Oh, can't even think of how many parts he's played in. But he's in this movie. 
He's always a douchebag in every movie he plays. And of course, this movie he is too. He takes the table. He takes the last of the lobsters they've been waiting for in this movie. And John Candy goes off on him. And here we go. Summer rental. What are you doing? These are my lobsters. Your lobsters? Yeah. You got my table, but you're not getting my lobsters. Okay, and this is your table? My table. Oh, I see. This is your table. And these are your lobsters. You got it. I suppose this is your wife. Hmm? Is this your tie? Nope. Is this your shirt? Mm. Is this your belt? Are these your shorts? Hey, I have been driving all day long. We just get into town. I'm waiting out in line there for two hours you and you just come in got here. Into town. Yeah. Well, I've been in town for 30 years. 30 years. And every summer you goddamn renters come down here and you think you can take over the whole town? Well, you can't. Oh? Boiled them. Wait a minute. Signore, now. now we will have a table ready for you in 20 minutes. Forget it. No. Come on. We're going to a good restaurant. Good idea. I'm hungry. I know, sweetheart. You don't want to eat where there's rats. And I just found some rats in the back. How disgusting. Whoa, old nest of rats right in the back. <laughs> they do find a place called the Barnacle where he goes and <coughs> he finds um a lot. A crazy bunch of characters. Rip Torn is uh, kind of a pirate missing a missing a hand in this movie, but really a crazy bunch of characters at this little restaurant slash bar he goes to. And uh, it's just a, again, now Richard Crenna, I can't even believe I forgot about this. Uh, Captain Troutman, he's, it's over Johnny. It's over. He's literally at the end of the intro of this movie. He's Captain Goddamn Troutman from uh, all the uh, all the Rambo movies. So, or Colonel Troutman. How the hell did I forget that? I don't know, uh, but I did. But uh, he's in in this movie too. Obviously, like I had said, um, he obviously the villain. But uh, great if if you've never seen Summer Rental, it's not really a a well well known one of his. But if you're a John Candy fan, one hundred percent, it's a great great movie so definitely want to check it out even to the point where he he gets forced to look at a pair of boobs um and the guy in this movie that uh, plays this girl's wife and that um that shows him the boobs is uh was on nypd blue so there you go i tied in one nypd blue for you guys right there he played uh vince catelli and um we'll go with a little bit more at into the movie at one point he goes out and gets drunk and let's just go ahead and have a little fun with that part. Hey, mate, good to see you. What can I get you? How about uh, drunk? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can handle that. <laughs> you have an ice cube for this? <laughs> <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm, I'm trying to tell you that as a fighter, pound for pound, my boy Jimmy Cagney will disintegrate your Sylvester Stallone. He'll knock his block off. In a street fight, maybe. Yes, I give you that. 
but not in a movie. Especially now with today's cinematic advancements. It's technologically impossible. Do you have any more of those little oyster crackers left? You ate them all. Oh, they were so good. <laughs> ah, John Candy. I, I, again, this is just one of the movies I, I go through pretty much every weekend. I'll turn on. This gets watched at least once or twice. If I'm just sitting around the house all day, this will get put on, just kind of chilling in the background. But um, just ends up being a great movie. He has to... Uh, he's eventually the villain, obviously, in this movie. Richard Crenna takes over the, uh, the house he ends up living in, the hotel apartment, basically, on the beach. And... He kicks him out, but he decides he's going to outsail him in the Barnacle, the restaurant. He ends up doing it. Uh, really good part. Um, Smart would hate this. There's a nice little Jimmy Buffett song in this movie playing in just a second here. Uh, oh, here we go. Turn it around. There you go. Just in case Smart decides to listen, I'll torture him a little bit. Uh, so there you go. But he does outsail him in this movie. Just an awesome, awesome movie. I love it. I watch it all the time. I suggest you start watching it all the time, too, just to pay tribute to the great John Candy. Oh, there you go. We'll take some of rental out of the old queue there. Let's go ahead move along in the movie of my, some of my favorite movies of his. Um... Now, here's one that I have I saw a long time ago, and it's not one for some reason. I don't know why, but it's not one I put on a lot. It was, um, w- once again, him and Tom Hanks got back together and it, with Rita Wilson and a bunch of other uh, cast of characters in this movie um, called Volunteers. And it, was, it wasn't the best wasn't the best for him. It wasn't a very, very big movie at all. Um, basically, they were a bunch of couple of womanizing guys. They f- they're trying to get out of a gambling debt, and they volunteer to go in the Peace Corps, and they end up in a bad spot and kind of kind of hostages. Um, basically, is what they end up as. And I do have a part from that movie. And it's about two minutes, 48 seconds. That's good. That'll give me a time to uh, just take a little minute here. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and get this part playing right now. Win the victory. Win the day for crimson and gray. Best in the West. We know you'll all do your best. So on, 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 fight till the end. Honor and glory you must win. So fight, fight, fight for Washington State and big glory. Kan Tuttle from Tacoma. Do you know where you are? My guess is I'm in the clutches of the angry pink menace. <laughs> I am Suvana. We will be spending much time together. You'll get nothing from me but my scorn. Tongue, this is the people's army. 
From here we strike out and bring hope to the oppressed. The oppressed who are still slaves to running dog, foul-breathed, capitalist vermin like yourself. We exist only to spread the word. Tom Tato von Takoma. You will be brainwashed. Me? America's son? Ha! That will be a challenge. You bet. Our enemies are all those in league with imperialism. The bureaucrats, the big landlord class, and the reactionary section of the intelligentsia attached to them. Very good, Tom. You quote the chairman well. Our enemies are all around us. We must always be on our guard. Sure, we'll lose a lot of snooze time, but that's okay. Yeah, I didn't we'll catch up after the revolution's over. That's enough, Tom. The leading force behind our revolution is the industrial proletariat. Our closest friends are the entire semi-proletariat and the petty bourgeoisie. That's enough, Tom. But there's so much more. I said that's enough. The time has come to tell you your mission. Oh, yes, my mission. I'd like that very much, comrade. Good. Tom, the bridge you were building for the lying, malignant, stick-infested Yankee Peace Corps. <coughs> that bridge is important to us. It gives us an easy access across the river. We can drive our brand new people's truck across it and process the words of the chairman on every tree, rock, and animal for miles until we run out of the people's gas. Yes. You, Tom Tuttle of Tacoma, are going to ensure that that bridge is built and that no one in Lungta interferes with our plans. In a week, I'll have that village running like Peking. And if someone does stand in your way... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so there you go. I need to watch this one again too. Again, I've seen it, but not, not, not enough to sit here and play many more clips from it. So now we get into another really a favorite of mine, even a favorite of mine when I was a kid here. Um, I would have been 11 when this came out, and I remember actually going to see this uh, great little movie. John Candy, once again, Eugene Levy is in this movie. Meg Ryan is in this movie also. Uh, Armed and Dangerous. Uh, Zeus also is in this movie too. Um, really, if you actually go through this movie, it's kind of a cast of a lot of very famous people um, from before and even some of them now. Um, but uh, yeah, you got John Candy, Eugene Levy, and Meg Ryan in this movie. He plays a security guard. Well, he plays a police officer that goes and gets, he was set up by a couple of, he goes, all right, you know what? Wait a minute. Let me get the clip pulled up. Because I've got the movie right here, of course. Let me get it pulled up here. Hold on a second. And he goes, he's a police officer, a real police officer. And basically he gets set up by his own department at one point. And he gets bounced back to being a security guard. So here we go. He's driving one night down the road. And he sees some guys stealing TVs. And he pulls in. Well, it, it, you know, drives by an electronics shop, sees a car, goes out, pulls up to the car. Here we go. Dooley is his name in this movie. Frank Dooley. That's far enough. Ah! 
I'm a cop. Mel, what are you doing? Says Frank, you almost killed me. Would you take it easy? Well, I'm very sorry. You want to explain what you're doing here? Hello, Rizzo. What are you doing? I'll give you one guess. Uh, stealing television sets? Hey, he's not as dumb as he looks, huh? Bite the bag, Rizzo. Your ass is grass. Frank. Take the TV set. Let's get the hell out of here. I already own a TV set. Take oh, my Frank. You take the goddamn TV set. Keep your big mouth shut. Internal affairs. Don't move. Free. It's okay. It's okay, boys. We got them covered. Hey, this ain't mine. Sorry, Frank. It is now. This court looks upon. So there you go. He was set up by his guys there. Um, not quite sure that's the way it would have gone. I'm sure they would have had much more time into this than just pulling up that one second. So, and they would have investigated those guys. Never his name never would have popped up. But anyway, he definitely um, was set up. Gets bounced back, gets fired from the job, bounced back to being a security guard. He gets this thing called guard dog security. Now, Eugene Levy in this movie is hilarious. He he plays a lawyer, and he kind of gets scared out of doing his job. So they both sign up for guard dog security in this movie, and they both end up getting the job. And they're partners. John Candy and Eugene Levy are partners in this movie, but it is just... <laughs> um, one of those movies, though... It's just a great 80s comedy. Another great 80s comedy. Uh, they get in trouble with the union. The union turns out to be completely corrupt. They end up doing some really, really bad, bad jobs. But uh, eventually they start investigating it. And again, Zeus in this movie is their boss. Tony Zeus Lister, or Tiny Zeus Lister, excuse me, is their boss. And they find him in the gym. It's a great aerobic scene. And here we go. Whoa, you strong. How's it going, Bruno? What you want, Oh, I just wanted to ask you a few questions about the other night at Carlos. Hey, man, I don't know anything, okay? I want you to just get lost. I'm going to hurt you bad. We're Real bad. Not that important. Come on, Frank. That's it. <laughs> he starts playing like Scrappy Doo. Hold me back. Hold me back. All right. <laughs> Let me at him. Let me at him. They do kind of end up almost killing the guy. They get thrown out of the gym. But uh, they keep investigating, keep investigating. Meg Ryan is amazingly gorgeous in this movie. My God. At one point, she's in a party with just, wow. Wow. Um, but you know, that they do end up exposing this crew. Now at one point in this movie though, they have to, in order to get away from this corrupt union chasing him, they have to dress up like pretty much like bondage, you know, S and M people. Now he also dresses up as a giant woman in this movie 
and I'll just go ahead and play a little bit of it here. Yeah, I'm going to send a postcard to my family. I'm just warning you, that's all. Let's go. They're walking out of this peep show, basically. You guy's kind of a big blonde guy. He's kind of funny looking. And his dark curly hair sort of uh, ethnic. Maybe you've uh, seen these guys around us. What are you looking at, you schmuck? Oh, isn't he cute? And look at these muscles! Get your hands off me. Who do you think you're talking to? I'm a police officer. Oh, he gets so frustrated when he sees a badge. Hey, hello. What are you doing later on tonight? Take a walk, you jerk. Let's trot. Why can't you look this good? Mother Nature wasn't so kind to some of us. I'm moving. Oh, he touched me! I got my Christmas goose early. <laughs> Oh, uh, they go, they get Meg Ryan in on it, and they, uh, but uh, at one point, he gets on this motorcycle when they're going to, you know, they they got this whole plan for an armored car and all this stuff, and the motorcycle doesn't work, and he gets into this truck with this guy, and he's got this huge fifty caliber gun with him, but it's, <laughs> I'm going to, here we go, he gets in with this guy, Here we go. Hold on one second. Here we go. I only got time to say this once. I'm a special officer, and you got to get me to 83rd in aviation. Otherwise, two very wonderful people are going to die. Well, climb on in here, Slim. Oh, thank you very much. Well, let's see how fast this son of a bitch go. They're in traffic. They literally floor it, push through the traffic, which is pretty awesome. A good little scene here. They're pushing through all kinds of trucks and traffic, and he's loving it. Absolutely loving it. Born to be wild playing. Awesome little part. Awesome little part. There's run through cars. Just a cool little scene right there. But anyway, they're going going to save the day, of course. And uh, he pulls out this giant gun, and here we go. Slim, I ain't never seen a handgun that big before. Yeah, it's a 50 caliber. They used to use it to hunt buffalo with. Up close. It's only legal in two states, and this isn't one of them. You're something else, Liam. (laughs) If you've never seen this movie, Armed and Dangerous, I'm telling you now, it is worth going to check out. It's a really, really good movie, a great John Candy movie. Um, But from here, we're kind of going to get into some other movies that he was in. Some damn good ones, of course. Uh... Little Shop of Horrors, obviously he worked with Rick Moranis in that movie. I don't have any clips from that movie. There's so many. But he wasn't a huge character either in that movie, but definitely. I mean, he played Wink Wilk, Wilkinson. Uh, but Steve Martin, you know, he was you know in that movie also. So he kind of got with him too. And again, Rick Moranis. But another little great movie he was in, though, was, was this one here. I, I got to tell you, another one I saw when I was young. Don't remember it really. 
don't really have much on that. But Spaceballs. Oh, Spaceballs. Do we have so many, many, many things. Obviously, he played Barf in this movie. Uh, I can't even tell you how many memorable parts he has in this movie. I, I, I couldn't even play them all, but I will play a couple of them, obviously. I'm just kind of rolling back here a little bit and seeing when to start. Uh, again, I just kind of flowing through parts here as I've got the movies put up here on VLC. Uh, here we go. We'll play a little bit right now. There's a princess. She's got company. Oh, no, space balls. And they've already got her in their magnetic beam. Oh, well, we're too late. What a shame. I'll just throw in reverse. We'll get out of here. Barf. No, bad. Oh, what are we doing risking our lives for a runaway princess? I know we need the money, Listen, but... we're not just doing this for money. We're doing it for a shitload of money. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Okay, we save her. But how? The minute we move in there, they're going to spot us on their radar. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. Not if we jam it. Aha! Uh-huh. You're right. Down scope. Down scope. All right. There we go. Again, another great character he plays in this movie. Um, I probably get a few more scenes as I'm going through. Uh, <laughs> I mean, do I need to say anything more about Spaceballs? I mean, if you haven't seen Spaceballs by now, I'm sorry. Uh, you need to. If you don't like the movie Spaceballs, I'm sorry. You should. Um, flipping through here, looking for another part with just him. Uh, not really that many. So, oh, actually, give me one second here. No, 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 no. All right. We'll just skip it here. Well, we'll play the end here where he's sitting there in the... No, we're not going to bother. We'll just... Uh, that's enough of Spaceballs. Everyone's seen Spaceballs. How many times? I've seen it a thousand. To be honest with you, I'd like to get into the next movie. This is another one me and Anthony have reviewed, but, I mean, so many scenes in this movie right here. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, 1987. This is another one I have no problem turning on all the time, putting it on in the background, whatever. Just such a great movie, this movie. It was him. Obviously, Steve Martin was in this movie with him. But, I mean, just what a... uh, So many powerful scenes in this movie between the both of them uh, were just absolutely amazing. The chemistry these guys had together, uh, starting from the moment they were in the scenes together, which is right here, where Steve Martin's just figuring out where he knows him. I know you, don't I? I'm usually very good with names, but I'll be damned if I haven't forgotten yours. You stole my cab. (laughs) I've never stole anything in my life. I hailed a cab on Park Avenue this afternoon, and uh, before I could get in it, you stole it. You're the guy who tried to get my cab. <laughs> I knew I knew you. Yeah. You scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> Come to think of it, it was awful easy to get a cab during rush hour. Forget it. Oh, I can't forget it. I am sorry. I had no idea that was your cab. Let me make it up to you somehow, huh, please? 
How about a nice hot dog and a beer? Uh, no thanks. Just a hot dog, then. I'm kind of picky about what I eat. Some coffee? No. Milk? No. Soda? No. Some tea? No. Lifesavers? No. Slurpee? Sir, please. Just let me know. I'm here. <laughs> I knew I knew you. <laughs> oh, man. This annoying character in this movie turned out to be the most loving, caring character by the end of this movie. And it's just it, it just turned out to be one of the best, best movies. The end scene where they're just walking, you know, down the down the road with the with the trunk in their hands, but obviously one of the best scenes I guess I can play, which is probably one of them I mean, basically the probably one of the scenes this movie is basically known for is right when uh, the little freak out scene where they f- they're in the room together and he's, John Candy's making noises and here we go. <coughs> Sorry. Why? What? That's it. If I don't clear my sinuses, I'll snore all night. Gee, if your kid spills his milk, what do you do, slap him in the head? What? 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 What is that supposed to mean? You're not a very tolerant person. Look, you've been under my skin since New York, starting with ripping off my cab. God, you're a tight ass. How'd you like a mouthful of teeth? Oh, and hostile, too. Nice personality combination, hostile and intolerant. That's borderline criminal. Screw you. You spilled beer all over the bed, you smoke, you, you, you mess up the bathroom. Well, who let you stay in the room? I even let you pay for it so you wouldn't feel like an intruder, which you most certainly are. Oh, oh, I'm an intruder. Yes, you're an intruder. I was having a perfectly nice trip until you walked into my life. I walked into your life. Who was that who talked my ear off on the plane? Who was that? I'm curious. Well, who told you to book a room? I did, out of the goodness of my dumb old heart. Boy, you're an ungrateful jackass. Well, go ahead. Sleep in the lobby. See if I care. I hope you wake up so stiff you can't even move. You're no saint. You got a free cab. You got a free room. And someone who'll listen to your boring stories. I mean, didn't you, didn't you notice on the plane when you started talking, eventually I started reading the vomit bag? Didn't that give you some sort of clue? Like, hey, maybe this guy's not enjoying it? You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. You choose things that are, that are funny or, or mildly amusing or interesting. You're a miracle. Your stories have none of that. They're not even amusing accidentally. Honey, I'd, li- I'd like you to meet Del Griffith. He's got some amusing anecdotes for you. Oh, and here's a gun so you can blow your brains out. You'll thank me for it. <sighs> I-, I-, I could tolerate any-, any insurance seminar. For days, I could sit there and listen to them go on and on with a big smile on my face. They'd say, how can you stand it? And I'd say, because I've been with Del Griffith. I can take anything. You know what they'd say? They'd say... I know what you mean. The shower curtain ring guy. Whoa. It's, it's like going on a date with a chatty Kathy doll. I expect you to have a little string on your chest, you know, that I pull out and have to snap back. Except I wouldn't pull it out and snap it back. You would. And by the way, you know, when you're, when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener.
You want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you. But I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, you think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I like, I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me. Because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. Awesome scene. Not just an awesome movie, but an awesome scene from any movie. I mean, what an actor. What what a performance right there by him. Just such a, a, an amazing scene. And, you know, it, it changed the relationship for them in the movie right here, This that part right there. Uh, just kind of, they both got some, you know, he got, Steve Martin got what he needed to off his chest in this movie. And you know, it was just a, we've talked about this movie. Obviously, after that, they wake up and, you know, we get that line and we'll hear that one later. But just a, a couple more amazing I'm trying to find a couple more great clips here um, with them in it. I'm already where the car is on fire. I'm rolling through the movie, but here we go. They've already gotten through the fire, but here we go. <laughs> um, would you like a room? I got a slight problem here. I don't have the 4250. <laughs> you have $17 and a good what? No, I don't. I have uh, I have two dollars and uh, and a Casio. <laughs> and a Casio. I'm gonna have to say good night. So. All right, there you go. I I I would think most people have seen this movie by now. Um, such an amazing movie i'll get one more clip after the the whole thing goes down and they make it back to chicago and just kind of play the end of the movie here um here we go where you said you were going home what are you doing here i uh i don't have a home marie's been dead for eight years go home we get that amazing scene at the end there with them again walking down excellent excellent stuff um i had planned only playing a couple of clips from each movie that's why i'm kind of just rolling through them i don't need to go i'm not i'm talking about john candy not every movie so kind of go through a few more here though um and then i'll get into a few little articles and stuff and then we'll wrap this bad boy up here so not going to be many more great outdoors though is the next movie i wanted to get into and I can't believe I forgot to get some clips from that movie. But um, I don't know how I missed getting that movie. Tell you what, if you give me a minute here, I can pull it up very, very quickly. And I can get clips from that movie very fast. Go right into my hard drive here. That movie is, I thought, in John Candy's folder, which I have here. I don't know how I missed it. It's not there. So it's got to be in 80s comedies, right? 80s comedy. Uh, 
the Goonies not in there either. Search, great. Because I know it's on here. Outdoors, there it is right there. The Great Outdoors. I knew it was on here. Oh, it's in John Hughes movies. Stupid, stupid me. But uh, we can go ahead and roll that over to here. And pull that movie up while we're waiting a little bit here. Killed a little bit of time. That's with This is with him. It's got Dan Aykroyd in it. Um, oh, <laughs> some amazing, amazing parts in this movie. The old 96er. I don't know if you remember what the old 96er was. He went and tried to eat the steak. That, uh, <laughs> a giant steak. Uh, excellent part in the movie. But he plays Chet Ripley in this movie. And it's one, in my opinion... Another one of the greatest parts that he plays. Uh, just amazing. Dan Aykroyd is just kind of the annoying, you know, yuppie uh, brother-in-law in this movie. Just always talking this, all you know, talking shit, talking smack, you know, all oh, money this, money that. Um, here, we'll go ahead and get into a little bit of it here. Hold on, let me back up just a touch here. Right about here. That was quite a surprise. I mean, yeah, I, I you got me. <laughs> and you, in the whole week he'll be here. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Just something. So anyway, you're an intelligent man. Thank you. Make a good living? Not bad. Get a good life. Pretty good. Answer me one question. Sure. Why the hell would you want to come up to a plant-infested no-man's land like this and live like a barbarian for a week? Ah, you wouldn't understand. Try me. I, I have great memories of this country when I was a kid, you know, and I used to come up here with my dad, and, and I want the boys to have the same memories. I would look around you, Roman, for God's sakes. This is, this, is, this is beautiful country here. Take a good look. I'll tell you what I see when I look out there, if you want to know. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. I see the underdeveloped resources of northern Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. I see a syndicated development consortium exploiting over a billion and a half dollars in forest products. I see a paper mill, and if the strategic metals are there, a mining operation. A greenbelt between the condos on the lake and a waste management facility, focusing on the newest rage in toxic waste, medical refuse, infected bandages, body parts, IV tubing, contaminated glassware, entrails, syringes, fluid, blood, low-grade radioactive waste, all safely contained, sunken in the lake, and sealed for centuries. Now. I ask you, what do you see? I, I just see, uh, see trees. <laughs> well, no one ever accused you of having the grand vision. Nope. Maybe it's all for the best. While the ambitious scramble for wealth and power, the Chet Ripley's of the world are just able to lay back and casually stroll along life's path. Ah, great scene. Then he wants to go have hot dogs and he's not having none of that. They have lobster, which, my God, I would love at this point, though. So let's go ahead and just move on a couple more clips out of this movie here. Um, kind of want to get to the scene where they go get drunk. So we're going to get to that scene in just a second here. I'm kind of fast-forwarding through. So here we go. They go one more time, and they go out, and they get drunk. Oh, not yet. Not the right scene. Sorry, everybody. But I didn't play it yet, so there we go. That's going to be my little... Mess up there of the of the of the show. Here we go. We're moving along, moving along. But this is another movie he gets to kind of play the father. You know, uh, Summer Rental was one. This is another one. 
where we saw him, you know, play the 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 father in the movie. And here we go. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know, I know, I know. Muskie's a big deal fish up in these waters, but you come with me to the Norfolk Canyon off the coast of Virginia. I'll strap you into a fishing chair and let you hook into a thousand-pound blue marlin, buddy. You're gonna know what fishing's all about with a capital F. <laughs> You'll have to excuse my brother-in-law. He gets a couple cocktails into him. He becomes an expert on everything. I don't need cocktails for that. Was that a shot? No, that was the truth. <laughs> that was a shot. That was a shot. <laughs> Speaking of shots, set us up. <laughs> this guy's a riot. Isn't he, though? Everybody loves him, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Wayarm. Making a lot of tips on his job. Well, I do all right. Who's handling your investments? Well, my wife's got some egg money put aside, but she's a real bear. Won't give it up to me. Yeah, well, I'll take her phone number. I'll change that. Believe me, that's what I do for a living. Investments is what I do. How you doing? Well, 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 that part's going to take a little while to play, so we're not going to do that. But um, once again, Great Outdoors plays a father, takes his family out vacationing, which seems to be kind of a theme with John Candy, taking his family out vacationing in movies um, or finding families on vacations in movies. But uh, one part I'll get to is the part where they have a little argument John Candy, once again, the great John Candy. Here we go, right here. A lot more fun. Is that a fact? Well, nobody forced you to come up here, buddy boy. As a matter of fact, I don't remember anybody inviting you up here. Do you remember inviting him? I sure as hell don't. And what exactly is that statement supposed to mean? You figure it out for yourself. No, 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 you specify. You clarify for me, all right? Just as a common courtesy, if you don't mind. You know damn well what he means. I think they're trying to say that we're not welcome. Aha! Uh-huh. What did I hear? We've got a bingo! You did figure it out, Kate. So, now it's all starting to ooze out. It's very interesting, isn't it, Katie? Yeah, Very! Especially since we threw aside our plans, and we had a great European vacation plan. Throw aside our plans to come up here to show these dead asses how to start to learn to have a good time. Thanks for ruining my vacation, Ripley. What was that? Ruining your vacation? Is that what you said? Oh, come on. I don't believe. I don't believe I heard you say that. You'd better believe it. Don't push it, Roman. You ain't even seen pushing yet. You know the trouble with you, Ripley? You wouldn't know a good time if it fell out of the sky, landed on your face, and started to wiggle. Oh, you got an awful lot of nerve, Roman. A lot of nerve. It served me well. I'm the one with the Mercedes. (laughs) By the way, is it paid for? Are you jealous? Chester? Don't call me Chester. You call me that one more time, you're going to go home with a dent in your forehead. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that'll be the day. Would you like one to match his? Hey, take it off. You want to go right now? All right. They don't fight. They end up making up by the end of the movie. But it's a it's an excellent movie. Dan Aykroyd is classic Dan Aykroyd in this movie. And, of course, John Candy is the great that he is. Um, we're going to move on from that one. Uh, let's go ahead and take that one out of here. The Great Outdoors. Glad I found that. I can't believe I missed it. I'm actually surprised I missed it. Now, another little-known kind of gem of John Candy's is a little movie called Who's Harry Crumb? (laughs) He plays a private detective, part of a 
kind of a franchise, and he's in a shitty one. It's got this has Andy Potts in it, Jeffrey Jones, who was the principal in um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, we don't need to get into him at all. Um, those are the main main characters in this movie. Uh, but he plays a bumbling PI in this movie. But um, to be honest with you, the clips in this movie are are hilarious and I was going to play a couple but a lot of them that I would play are characters that he does so but who's Harry Crumb he does so many little characters and he goes in and it's just it's really an underrated gem of a movie uh definitely worth checking out if you've never seen who's Harry Crumb but um it 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 wasn't very well known. It didn't do well at all in the theaters. Uh, but it was a very, very funny movie. Basically, he plays this bumbling private investigator. He's hired to solve a kidnapping by the people who kidnapped her uh, because they knew he would screw it up. But it's almost kind of like a uh, Columbo character. The, you know, the idiot ends up solving the crime anyway. And he does. But uh, ends up being a, a just a really good movie and definitely worth checking out. But uh, I'm going to kind of move through this. Not uh, Again, I'm not feeling 100% tonight. So I'm going to move on now to Uncle Buck, which was uh, the next kind of... I mean, this movie really put him over. This was another John Hughes movie. Um, obviously, John Hughes enjoyed using him in his movies, which, I mean, who can blame John Hughes for that? Um John Candy was, again, this big, lovable character that everyone seemed to enjoy. And uh, Uncle Buck, just such, what an, uh, just another amazing movie that he did. Uh, you know, him, Macaulay Culkin, was in this movie, obviously. Um, but, oh, my God, I, 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 such a huge movie. And it was, it, again, this was another huge movie for him also. So... Um, here we go. We kind of meet him a little bit. Uh, let's see. We'll go ahead and jump right to where he's at the house talking to, uh, the wife first time. We'll go right there. He's walking in the house. Here we go. Oh, well, dad, hard to say. All those medical terms, huh? What is it, an infarction or something like that? Infarction. Hey, I, I stopped smoking cigarettes. Oh, good. Isn't that something? <laughs> I'm on to cigars now. Yeah, I'm on to a five-year plan. I eliminated the cigarettes, then I go to cigars, then I go to pipes, then I go to chewing tobacco, then I'm on to that nicotine gum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So awkward. Uh, so money. awkward. I'll leave you blank checks. Oh, no, no, please. I, I've got lots of money. No. No, please. No. Look, I got the money, please. I'd, I'd like to do this, all right? So, no. Uh, no, come on, will you please? Okay, I'll pay you back when we get home. I, I won't have any problem cashing a, a, a second-party out-of-state paycheck, will I? The, the reason I'm saying is I've been so busy lately, I haven't been able to do my banking, and uh, I don't think there'll be a problem. Don't worry Let about it. Let me just leave you the checks. Well, only if it's comfortable for you. That'll be easier. I guess, sure. Do you have a plunger here while I'm thinking of these things uh, for the morning? You know, my plumbing is just so bad. Well, of course, yours is a good plumbing here, right? Yeah, I would imagine. Yes, don't worry about it. You know, everything will be fine. Just been bound up lately. It's 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 driving me crazy. I've been eating a lot of cheese for some reason. I don't know what it is. I got a craving for this stuff. I think maybe that's an allergy or something. Yeah. 
classic John Candy. Love it right there. Um, obviously, there's a couple more clips that I want to go through in this movie. And I think I've only got a couple more uh, clips we're going to play. And then I'll go through a few little, a couple other little things. But um, here we go. Right when he first meets the uh, the first... Hold on, going back a little bit here. We go, one of the better parts here. The work today brought to you by Kowalowski Tires for the best in tires, see Shanice Kowalowski. You remember me? Uncle Buck. The Uncle Buck. Uh, the rebellious teenager. I'm very close to having one. I already have a rebellious 12-year-old. He's going to be 13 and... My God, what is today? Today is the 11th in oh, four days. On Wednesday, he will be 13 years old. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeesh. Okay. So there we go right there. I'll play a couple more clips from this. I'll fast forward a little bit through the movie. Uncle Buck kind of go through a little more, a little more, a little more. Let's go right to the scene. Let's go to where. Here we go. Puda the clown. Gotta love that scene. What's the matter? You don't like clowns? Yeah, about five years ago. I was so bored to make me puke. I'm Puda, the clown. Put it there. We are high. Kids will love that. I didn't order you. My sister-in-law uh, did. She's not here right uh, now. I'm looking after the... I'm the uncle. Uh, yeah. Buck Russell's the name. Right, great. Listen, I'm sorry. I'm uh, late. Uh, I was at this all-night bachelorette party. Hey, you need any dildo jokes? <laughs> I'm the guy. <laughs> <laughs> what, did you, what did you have? A few drinks this morning? Huh? I, I think you did, didn't you? What are you, Mother Cabrini? You never touch this stuff? No, 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 but I, I, I wouldn't be drinking if I was going to entertain some kids. Hey, I don't have to take any shit from you. You know who I am? In the field of local live home entertainment. Oh, my God! Get in your mouse and get out of here. Hey, uh, let me tell you something, you low-life lying, four-flushing sack of shit. <laughs> Two right to the face knocks out Puda the clown and he's out. Great part in that movie. We're going to go ahead and move ahead to the other great part where he goes and meets the principal. That's another great part. So here we go. Morning. 
I'm Anita Horgarth. Buck melanoma. Molly <laughs> Russell's wart. Not her wart. Not her wart. I'm I'm the wart. She's my tumor. My my growth. My uh, my pimple. I'm Uncle Wart. Just old Buck Wart Russell. That's what they call me. Or uh, melanoma head. They'll call me that. Melanoma head's coming. I'm sorry. Uncle. Maisie Russell's uncle. I'm her uncle. <laughs> her, uh, her mother uh, set up this conference with you. I'm assistant principal here, as you've probably noticed from the indications on the door. This door? You the mean, outer door. The outer door? Yes. Because there's nothing on this one. <laughs> That's just about enough of that. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I've been an educator for 31 Point three years, and in that time, I've seen a lot of bad eggs. I say eggs because at the elementary level, we are not dealing with fully developed individuals. I see a bad egg when I look at your niece. She is a twiddler, a dreamer, a silly heart. She is a jabber box, and frankly, I don't think she takes a thing in her life or her career as a student seriously. She's only six. That is not a valid excuse. I hear that every day and I dismiss it. I don't think I want to know a six-year-old who isn't a dreamer or a silly heart. And I sure don't want to know one who takes their student career seriously. I don't have a college degree. I don't even have a job. <laughs> Does anyone have a special story to tell a class about something that happened this week? <laughs> I love this part. Maisie. My uncle was microwaving my socks and the dog threw up on the couch for about an hour. Honest? Yes. Why was your uncle microwaving your socks? He can't get the goddamn washing machine to work. Blasphemer! <laughs> but I know a good kid when I see one. Because they're all good kids. Until dried out, brain dead skags like you drag them down and convince them they're no good. You so much as scowl at my niece or any other kid in this school and I hear about it and I'm coming looking for you. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rap gnaw that thing off your face. Good day to you, madam. All right, I'm sorry, but at that point, did you not want this man to be your uncle? I did. I'm like, this, this is the uncle I need. I mean, everyone needed this guy as an uncle right there. Amazing part. Amazing by John Candy right there. Just, ah. Uh, but again, you get the, the, the guy in the movie who's this, you know, screw up uncle. No one really likes him. You, you know, they're, they're folding up pictures of him and all that he finds and ends up being the, the, the uncle everybody would want, you know, for their family and, kind of being the father figure for this family when they're gone. So, you know, he gets messed with. He goes and finds Tia at one point. Uh, just awesome, awesome stuff. This movie is great. It's a, a great movie. More known as a holiday movie, but you can watch Uncle Buck anytime. And I do. I do. 100% I do. So that's pretty much all I needed to do for Uncle Buck. All right. We're going to get a little bit of... He had a very small part also in Home Alone, but 
I want to bring it up because, again, pretty much every part this man had in this movie was improvised. All him. Not, and uh, pretty much none of it that was, uh, I mean, here we go. Let me back up just a bit. Here we go. My son. Uh, Ma'am, if there was anything at all I could do for do you it. today. Do anything. Uh, I can get you a hotel room. You what? Can... Excuse me. Can you excuse us for a second? Can I see you for a second, please? Excuse us. Couldn't help but hearing you you got a little bit of a dilemma there. We got a crisis ourselves. <laughs> Allow me to introduce myself. Gus Polinski. How are you? Polka King of the Midwest. The, the Kenosha Kickers. <laughs> Hi there. Hiya. Hiya. No? That's okay. I thought you might have recognized. Anyways, um, I had a few hits a few years ago. Uh, that's why, I, you know, just polka, 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 polka. No? It, Twin Lakes polka, Damavuji polka, a.k.a. Kiss Me polka, polka uh, twist. Well, these are songs. Yeah. Yeah, we... Some, Fairly big hits for us, you know, in the early <laughs> 70s, you know. <laughs> yeah, we sold about 623 copies of that. In Chicago? No, Sheboygan. Very big in Sheboygan. <laughs> Sheboygan. They loved it, you know. I'm sorry, did you say you could help me? A anyway, I'm, I'm rambling on here. Our flight was canceled, so we gotta drive. So, uh, see the guy in the yellow jacket over there by the budget sign? He's gonna rent us a nice big uh, van, and we're gonna drive to Milwaukee. Now, I heard you had some problems here uh, getting to Chicago with, to see your kid or something? Uh, my son, he, we left and he, he's there. Oh, jeez. If you have to get to Chicago, we'll, we'll gladly drive you. It's on the way to Milwaukee. You'd give me a ride? Sure we will. Why not? You know, you gotta get home and see your kid. A ride to Chicago? Sure, you know, it's Christmas time. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. You, you don't mind going with some polka bums. No, I'd love to. All improv. None of that. Pretty much he had the character name and just a couple of little things that he was supposed to mention about the character. And that was it. That was it. The rest was all him. And this part too. Making her try to play the instrument. All improv. Nothing. Just awesome. Awesome. Now, Home Alone obviously wasn't really a John Candy movie, but wanted to play his parts in it real quick. Um, got a few more little clips to play, and that's going to be about it. Uh, we've got... He had another small part in a movie. JFK, a Kevin Costner movie. Did a Kevin Costner movie last week. Um, but, uh, this is another one. My God, this is a three hour and nine minute movie. Holy hell. My son was asking me about JFK today. Maybe I'll let you watch the movie. I told him how long it was. And he said, no, I don't need to watch it. I'll look it up. <laughs> okay. You do that. I don't know the rabbit hole is going to go down. I'm going to have to keep an eye on that one. Um, but he had a small part in this movie and it was kind of weird to see but I'll play one scene from it. Um, I'll play the, uh, let's see. I guess I'll play a little bit of the lunch scene where uh, Kevin Kevin Costner is interviewing John Candy um, at, in this movie right here. And uh, he plays uh, Dean Andrews. Here we go. Mm. 
Dolly. Yeah, she's cute, all right, but not <laughs> half as cute as you, Dino. Thank you. You should try a legitimate line of business. Why are you dancing on my head for, my man? We've been sick of molasses pie since keep law school. You're conning me, Dean. I read your testimony to the Warren Commission. There you go again. Grain of salt. You tell them the day after the, the assassination, you're called on the phone by this Clay Bertrand and asked to fly to Dallas and be Lee Oswald's lawyer. Right. <laughs> That's pretty important, Dean. You also told the FBI that when you met him, he's six foot two. Then you tell the commission he's five foot eight. Now, how the hell does a man shrink like that, Dean? They put the heat on my man, just like you do it. I gave him anything that popped in my cabeza. Truth is, I never met the dude. Oh, wonderful. W one likes friends that have friends. Indeed. I don't know what the cat looks like, and furthermore, I don't know where he's at. All I know is sometimes he sends me some cases. So one day he's on the phone talking to me about going to Dallas repping Oswald. All right, so there you go. He ends up, there you go, Michael Smith. Back and to the left. Back and to the left. Back and to the left. This, I didn't realize that, I, I thought I had this movie. I didn't realize I did not have it. I've added it to my hard drive collection since. But um, this, again, three hours and nine minutes, you got the time to kill. You're just sitting around one day, you want to watch this? I know I've watched it before. I just don't remember when, but he is in another small scene where he's testifying. And if you thought that was funny with him with that kind of Louisiana accent, here we go. It's just a figment of my imagination. The cat's stealing you. The oyster's shucking you, I told him. You got the right ta-ta, but the wrong ho-ho. Boyfriend is not sharp. Scout's on it. And you can tell him I said so. Objection, Your Honor. This office has won a conviction of perjury against Dean Andrews on this matter. Exception taken. That case is on appeal. Mr. Goldberg. Just... Oh, there you go. So, again, JFK, that's a long one. But uh, if you want, enjoy. Um, if you want to go down that rabbit hole, and like I said, I'm afraid the rabbit hole my kid's going to go down watching that one. Um, now, the last movie we did see John Candy in was uh, Canadian Bacon, uh, which came out right after Wagons East. This is another one that I'll be honest with you, I have not seen, uh, but this was him and Richard Lewis. Now, from what I've been reading about John Candy, um, apparently in this movie you could visibly see that he was not doing well. He was very heavy in this movie. Um, and... From what people were saying, though, you could visibly see that he was in pain. He was not doing well. And he did die the year this movie came out uh, in March. So, um, you know, it, it was very soon after this movie came out that he passed away. So uh, I do have a few things that I'm going to talk about. And I got a couple. Uh, I'm going to play this little tribute. Some of it is visual, but it's it, it, it's a good tribute uh, we've got a lot of lines in here, a few clips I didn't play, a few things that I was going to leave for this. So here we go. What do you think? I hope we don't go to war. Excuse me, stewardess. Is there a movie on this flight? <laughs> My name's Dewey Oxberger. My friends call me Ox. I'm a mom. I'm your Uncle Buck. Gus Walensky, Polka King of the Midwest. Del Griffin, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain, Ring Division. <laughs> you remember me? With the song playing at the end of Planes, Trays, and Automobiles. Different version, but same song. Oh. 
We played Fuck a lot Malanova. of these. Bully Russell's wart. Orange whip. Orange whip. Orange whip. Three orange whips. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the rest of that is just uh, clips of him that we've talked about pretty much every clip that we've uh, that we played right there. Um, there's one here that has 20 quotes. I was going to talk about it going through it. We played most of the great quotes out of this out of these. Um, got one or two I can go ahead and play real quick. Uh, obviously, when him and uh, Steve Martin in right after that scene that I played, the scene where they go back and forth and argue and, you know, the, the, the changing scene of the movie. Um, there's the, those aren't pillows when they wake up spooning together. Here we go. Oh, it's a whole two minutes. And there's an ad uh, here. Give me a second here. There's going to be an ad, but we'll pause it. Pillows. Those aren't pillows. See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hell of a game. All right. That's the last clip I'm going to play for the night right here. Um, last thing I'm going to do right here is a little thing that, uh, again, an article on Ranker I read a couple of weeks ago, which actually is what a few things sparked me to want to do this show. Number one, I'm just a huge fan of John Candy. Um, but, uh, it's an article on some of the things that his co-stars said about him. I got 10 little quotes here. Uh, we're going to start with Bill Pullman. Obviously this is from Spaceballs. Uh, who he starred with in Spaceballs here. And it's uh, one quick quote right here. John was feeling that, as scripted, most of the funny lines were given to Barf. As he suggested, I may take one of the wisecracks. A certain silence suddenly dominated the soundstage. Mel, Mel Brooks, paused. You think Pullman can make that line funny? Pullman, okay, back to one. We all went back to, to our start marks and ran through the three-minute sequence. Crew and cast, 
making a lot of mo- uh, uh, crew and cast making for a lot of moving parts. After a silence following cut, we heard Mel say, okay, we are cutting that line back to one. Later, I was disappointed that I had allowed Mel's snap to fill me with shame and frustration in the moment as well as uh, all reset for take. I must have looked like I was stewing. I felt the arm of the mog drape around my shoulders. John leaned in. Pullman, how about another donut, he continued. You better not look so red right now, and don't go blue on me later. His chuckle and wink calmed me down. I did eventually manage to recalculate. And the next day, Mel met me with a hug. I have never forgotten John Candy's generosity. He showed me how to be a gentle leader. He lightened my load. He had my back. That was Bill Pullman. Um, Eugene Levy, who we talked about earlier in uh, Armed and Dangerous and many other things with uh, SCTV and many other things with John Candy, said, I loved John dearly. We were very, very close friends. I think I worked more with John than anybody else in TV and on four or five movies. John was a lovely man, first of all, who cared deeply about people. And he was, I think, one of the most gifted comedic actors that honestly has ever been in the business. He made such an impact in his movies and people truly loved him. It always seemed like John is still around. It it always seems like John is still around. That's how much of an impact he made on your life, you know? You're still kind of waiting for a phone call. Ah, Eugene Levy. Now, I'm sure when this article was put up, but this was from 2019, so this article was at least put up after 2019 because this was in a 2019 interview. So, um, Steve Martin had a quick line about him when he was asked about him. Martin was particularly impressed by one bit of his improv by his co-star. During the scene where Dell reveals that his wife has died and explains why he attaches himself to people, Candy added the line, but this time I couldn't let go. Long after Candy's death, Martin would get a tear in his eye remembering that line. So he did. He did. A, you'll, you'll hear that. Now, Catherine O'Hara, who was the coast, who was in, um, who was the mother we just heard from in Home Alone, said um, he could also be playful. And if fans started doing, uh, wait a minute, I'm sorry, in an interview, blah, 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 John Candy loved interacting with his fans and was just as wonderful and fun and sweet as sweet and great as you would imagine he would be. He could also be playful, and if his fans started doing some little bit with him, he would pick up on it and throw something back at them. Essentially, the actor participated in these interactions just as he would with professional performers, but he would also treat them as an equal, O'Hara added. So basically was good with his fans, just, again, all-around loving guy, obviously. Uh, Martin Short, um, who again he was did a, a uh, in SCTV with uh, had a couple little blurbs to say about him. He was like what you think he'd be. John was how you thought he'd be. He was affable. He was funny. He was a brilliant comedian, a brilliant actor, and he was always larger than life. Always picking up tabs. Uh, another one he said. Uh, explained after Candy's generosity preceding his rise to fame. I remember driving home after we were in a restaurant. I said, wait a second. John picked up the tab again. He makes the same money I do, and we're hanging by a thread. Hmm, who knows? Maybe John had a little side thing going. Um, Don Hedesy, um, 
who uh, wrote an autobiography about John Candy called Laughing on the Outside, um, had this to say about him. Obviously, he did a lot of um, a lot of uh, detail and research into John Candy. And he was talking about how John Belushi's death in 1982 was kind of a wake-up call for him. Um, basically, he said Belushi was a friend to Candy and a fellow alum of Chicago's Second City Troop. And his passing left Candy so depressed that for a time he could neither leave his house nor answer the phone. Um, basically, he said, like I said, um, actor Dan Hennessy said Candy took Belushi's death from an overdose as a message. He told author... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, Dan Hennessy was the actor. The author of the book was Martin Nelman. Sorry about that, everybody. John knew it was time to go home, clean up, and get his career in order. Which, if you look, he he did. He started getting much better roles and much kind of more serious roles. As we as you kind of go through his career, you see his roles did get more serious, and he just became more of a loving actor as he got older. Um, Bill Murray said, uh, John Candy and I started the same week. Basically this was on stripes and the other actors there hated us. He and I improvised together every night because they didn't want to have anything to do with us. We did stripes together 1981 and he was really great to work with. He was a really good guy. Uh, got a couple more here. Richard Lewis, uh, again, started with him in, um, um, Wagons East but he said John Candy knew that the movie Cool Runnings which did turn out to be kind of a it still kind of is a cult classic he knew that movie was going to be a hit he said John Candy at one point we were invited to his room and we were all listening to to music reggae and stuff He and he said hey listen I'm from Canada I was there they don't know what they've got on their hands this thing's going to be huge he said but no one gets it because no one gets how big this is going to be. I remember listening to him, him going on. I knew I was, I wasn't crazy. I felt the same way. So there you go. He knew that movie Cool Runnings was going to be a hit. Uh, got a couple more here. Not many more. I think actually only two more. Yeah, two more. Then we'll go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Uh, Daryl Hannah. Absolutely adored him. Obviously, they they were in Splash. We talked a little bit about that one right there. Uh, the pair became firm friends on the set of Splash, later planning a comedy together that was cut tragically short by Candy's death and even formed an unlikely Rod Hull and Emu-like on-set dynamic. That's what she said. I used to sit on his lap all the time and he would talk for me and I'd mime what he was saying like a ventriloquist doll. He'd answer questions for me in interviews. This would have been very weird. Um, but she also said, I was just, I just absolutely adored him. She told the journalist, uh, he was just so full of heart and soul and so hilarious. Tears coming out of her eyes or tears coming out of your eyes. Pee your pants hilarious is what she said. And then we got one more here from Richard Lewis. Um, just had a quick little line to say, um, just in a tweet, I believe this was actually on one of the uh, uh, anniversaries of the death of uh, John Candy. He said, <clears throat> working on a film in 1991 with legendary John Candy was then and still today like a dream. I loved him. A sweet comedic genius. Rest in peace. <clears throat> so 
There you go right there. I think uh, we've delved into John Candy pretty deep tonight, and I'm glad I got to do it. I'm proud I got to do it, and uh, I appreciate everyone who was hanging with me in the chat room and everyone who's going to download. Thank you guys very much. I'm going to go ahead and give the kid back his room, but I had a good time doing this, um, especially since I was kind of not feeling 100%. I'm I'm glad I got to do this because it's a lot easier to hop on here with everybody and just kind of chat and talk and I'm actually feeling a little better right now. So on that note, um, don't really have a end song for this show. So uh, I will definitely be seeing everybody Wednesday night. Don't forget to check us out. We're on a dirt sheet dudes right back here on mixer.com slash dirt sheet dudes. And uh, don't forget to check out. Uh, let's see. Let's go ahead and knock out plugs here real quick. Let me pop them up real quick on the screen because I always forget. I have no short term memory. But don't forget to check out the high marks. It's Cheese Man. It's Mojo. It's G Wiz. You want to be checking out those guys Monday nights, eight thirty. I'm sorry, Sunday night, eight thirty p.m. Eastern time for the high marks. And you want to check them out, Mixler dot com slash metal mit to network that's right don't forget that second t in metal mit network check them out and of course bobby anthem bobby blades they're on the inhuman experience check out the inhumans over there on all the usual podcast platforms and of course you've got everything on scripted wrestling podcast don't forget to check out eric doug and daniel over there once again right there usual podcast platforms and on blog talk radio steve milan sharing the show and it's greatly appreciated sir letterbox boxd.com slash Stephen Milan, he's over there sharing the show, and we thank you for it, sir. So don't forget, once again, you guys know where to find me, and uh, don't forget to resubscribe to Hollywood Hangout because this is going to be every week. And on that note, Wednesday night, Dirt Sheet Dudes, see ya!